This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. You don't have to be a genius to understand what the Carolina Panthers are doing this offseason. Really, it's a story of business strategizing 101. I've often believed a plan is only as successful as it is easy to understand. And with the draft just 15 days away, I think we've seen enough to understand what Carolina's grand plan is, what their strategy is. Because regardless if you disagree with a lot of the moves that have been made, the Panthers largely have gotten everything they've wanted this offseason. Going back to December, Dave Tepper, he wanted to change, and he got one with Ron Rivera no longer being the coach in Carolina. He got the handpick who the next guy would be. He interviewed with Mike McCarthy, didn't offer him on the spot. Dallas then scooped him up. Carolina, they met with Matt Rule. They had the chance to meet with Josh McDaniels afterwards, but they didn't want to lose out on Rule. Let him get on a plane, go to the Giants, and likely be hired up there. So they gave him an offer that was a lot bigger than any of the other coaching offers. They locked up their guy. Beyond that, look at the staff Matt Rule's put together. A lot of his assistants at Baylor, guys he dealt with when he was with the Giants. He got Joe Brady. We still don't know how much, but he had a big, expensive extension just days leading up to the national title game and the day after that, the Panthers ultimately hiring him. He was sought after. Carolina got him. In the front office, David Tepper, he specifically wanted to keep Marty Herney. Maybe they probably wanted to interview Andrew Barry from the Philadelphia Eagles to be the COO, but Barry then got interviewed by the Browns for the general manager position. He got it. So it wasn't completely ideal, but they got the coaching staff they wanted. The coaching staffs had a clear plan, and it's been obvious with the personnel that they've signed. All the moves, with the exception of, of Russell Okun being 31 years old, they're 29 and younger. These contracts, they are two years or shorter. Trey Boston and Teddy Bridgewater being the exception to that, and Teddy's third year has no guaranteed money on it. Teddy was their first choice. Just listen to the way Matt Rule was talking about Teddy earlier today on his Zoom press conference. He's just a great scheme fit for us, has been in this offense. So... Really, as you're sitting there at a time when there's no offseason, you know, he walks in day one, he knows the verbiage, he knows the concepts. You watch him on tape, he, he's executing the plays that we're going to run. So you, you feel really good about that. And then, you know, throughout his career, he's someone that, that makes everyone else around him better. You know, he he's a humble person, but he's a driven person. They didn't think they were going to get Teddy. They thought he'd be too expensive, between 25 to $30 million. That's what we were looking at. In the weeks leading up to free agency, it would make sense for him to want an extended contract four or five years. Carolina, they got him for three. And again, that third year, no guaranteed money on it. So it's essentially a two-year deal. They preferred Justin Burris to Eric Reed. 
They got the former NC State safety. They re-signed Trey Boston. They solved left tackle, bringing in Russell Okun, even though he's five years older nearly than Trey uh, Turner, who they gave up. They thought it's going to be a lot more difficult to figure out tackle than it is figuring out guard. So they solved that problem. The needs are clear in the draft. And the Panthers, they're getting every player that they want. They've gotten younger, getting rid of Greg Olson, having Cam Newton walk in favor of Teddy Bridgewater. Everything's been part of the plan, and I find comfort comfort in that. Things are clear. Successful plans, they are clear plans. Carolina obviously has one. It's about collecting assets, collecting younger players, and not having long, expensive, extended contracts. This is the smart way to go about building. Some call it tanking. I usually do. I don't think tanking is intentionally losing. Some define it differently. I think Carolina, they are making smart business moves. But can you expect anything more in free agency from Matt Rule? Here's what he had to say on that front. I would say, you know, just sort of where we are as a roster, there may be some places where we still, hey, we need, might need to have to go get someone here, get someone there. But I, I liked the players that we got in free agency because they are all the right fit for for us who and who we are schematically. And um, that could be some guys who, who might just end up being special teams players. That could be some guys who are starters, some guys who are key, key backups. Um, so we didn't go out and spend all of our, you know, capital on one guy. Uh, we tried to spread it out and bring in, you know, just a, a strong nucleus of guys who are going to do things the right way, who are going to, you know, fit our systems. And um, really a lot of the guys we targeted, we hit on. Yeah. I think the needs are clear in the draft. It's a deep defensive tackle draft. They have the seventh pick, Marty Herney, who they keep around for his college expertise. They're looking at a lot of quality players who can help them immediately. I I made a bet that I would, whenever you're allowed to get a haircut again, shave my head into a mullet. I would cut my hair into a mullet and dress like Joe Exotic for a week. If they do not at number seven pick Simmons, Derek Brown, or Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina with that number seven pick, it has to be defense. It's the only thing that makes sense. It's not going to be offensive tackle or else why did they trade for Russell Okun a year after picking in the second round a tackle in Greg Little? They traded up to select Little, who they had a first-round grade on. Why would they go quarterback, even if one fell, after signing P.J. Walker and signing Teddy Bridgewater? It just wouldn't make a lot of sense. Well, I mean, Matt Rule didn't draft Greg Little. Maybe that's not one of his guys. Maybe they feel like he's not one of the dudes. It's possible, but they did make a decision to give up Trey Turner, a pro bowler, for a pro bowl left tackle. And if you're going to go and bring in a Pro Bowl left tackle, understanding there was only one year left on his contract, and that's fine, you probably aren't going to go through the draft with as many needs as Carolina has offensive tackle at seven if you brought in via trade a left tackle. And obviously, guard's not a position you pick in the top ten. Like, what, what exceptions are there to that rule? Brandon Sharif in Washington. Like, 
What position was Nelson in Indianapolis a tackle, or is he a guard? Uh, Quentin Nelson's a guard as well. Yeah, yeah. so Nelson's – I think those are very few and far between you find that. Same sure. thing with center. Last year, Brad Berry out of NC State was an exception to the rule. Matt Ryan Paradis, Kelly. Matt Paradis, who's the Panthers' center, he was once a first-round pick. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It just rarely happens in the top ten. So I think Carolina at number seven is going to go with one of those defensive players because that follows in line with the plan that they've put in place. Elsewhere, Tom Brady, he was on Howard Stern this morning. And I think after listening to that interview and reading his Players' Tribune story that he wrote, his entry from earlier in the week, it's become clear the primary reason Tom chose to leave New England. And that is, he just wasn't fulfilled winning in New England anymore. He told Howard that he he knew before the start of the year. He probably knew before the start of the year he was going to hit free agency and play somewhere else. Think about that. The timing of it. The Patriots won the Super Bowl in 2018. Brady is coming off a Super Bowl win, and that's when he decides... He doesn't want to be a Patriot anymore. It's not completely unprecedented. Kevin Durant, he won a couple of titles with Golden State. They probably would have beaten Toronto if KD was healthy and didn't sustain the Achilles injury. But he decided to leave. He's voiced it out publicly. Yeah. Why would I stay there if I'm not getting any of the credit for the success? It's not going to benefit my legacy at all. It's not going to benefit my image at all, my brand, staying in Golden State, playing great ball. He left a situation because he didn't feel he was getting enough credit. In Brady's case, there's some of that. They win a Super Bowl by only scoring 13 points in it. The Patriots aren't equipping him with many weapons. I think the latter part of what I just said plays an even bigger role. The Patriots not equipping him with a lot of weapons. He told Howard that. There were wide receivers he just didn't want to throw the ball to. And we probably should have saw the signs and made them more meaningful. Before the start of the year, he restructures his contract to allow for him to be a free agent after this season. That was strange. Specifically in the language, the Patriots couldn't franchise tag him. He put his house up for sale. So this backs up what Brady said this morning. Also, successful people... They don't look backwards often. They look ahead. They're not afraid to make mistakes. So if you're one of those people who think, why would Brady leave the Patriots and Belichick where it's comfortable, where he's a legend already, where he's been successful, uh, that's not how great people usually think. Great people look at situations. And Tom said there were about 20 things he looked at in his decision-making process, including how close to home is it, Tampa Bay, it's a two-and-a-half, three-hour flight to get to his family in New York City. That probably eliminated the L.A. Chargers. Warm weather. He said that's a plus with Tampa versus Foxborough. Good players. The Bucs, they have better weapons. The Bucs, they have maybe not a better line, but a pretty damn good line. Coach, obviously the Patriots have a great one, but... Brady was looking for the next step, and Bruce Arians is a better coach than anybody else, I think, that was seriously in the running for Tom. So it wasn't 
Tom feeling scorned. It wasn't Tom hating Bill Belichick and they can't even be in the same room together any longer. No, he just didn't feel fulfilled anymore winning in New England. It's like a marriage ending. You might say, okay, why is this person in their 50s or 60s getting a divorce when you've been together for 20 or 30 years? Why would you do that? You've already been together this long. Those people would often say, yeah, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't enjoying life the way I normally would, so I'm choosing being happy. I'm choosing the future. I'm choosing something else because I feel like whatever something else is, it's better than where I was before. You are listening to WSJS Winston-Salem, WCOG Greensboro, WPCM Burlington, WMFR High Point. Those signals making up Sports Hub Triad. We're going to be joined by North Carolina head football coach Mac Brown in 30 minutes. Very excited about that. He really appreciates you listening and thanks you from the bottom of his twisted little heart. Congratulations. You've won over a complete imbecile. The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. There was news in the NFL this week that I think gives the Carolina Panthers a massive advantage heading into the NFL draft. We are 15 days away from the first round, and it's going to be an all-virtual draft, according to the headline earlier this week, saying that none of the team facilities would be opened up. It's going to be an open conference call between every team This is from the NFL Network's Mike Garofalo saying that this is the effort for the NFL to remain socially distanced from each other, and that is how the draft is going to be conducted, kind of like a fantasy football draft online. Here's why it gives Carolina an advantage. The Panthers, like every other team, are going to have to rely on on what they've seen on tape more than any other year because you can't bring in people to work them out. You can't see what they are physically. You can't see if this person is the physical fit you want. You can't test them out in your own facility. So teams are going to have to go off what they did in college, whatever videos available for pro days, albeit a lot of pro days, were canceled in the month of March. So this is going to be a great advantage for coaches that came from the college ranks. I don't know, like Matt Rule. Matt Rule comes into the NFL, and being in the Big 12, he's dealt with a lot of these guys. Like he knows all about C.D. Lamb, for example, at Oklahoma because he faced them. He faced the guys at Georgia, so he knows who Jake Fromm is facing him in a bowl game, his last game with Baylor. If it's not Matt Rule, how about Joe Brady? How many SEC guys you think are going to be taken in the first few rounds? A ton. Joe Brady faced them with LSU. Heck, he coached many of them. Like, you think that guy knows about the tight end, Moss? You think he knows exactly what he's getting there, having coached the guy, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, you name it. These coaches, having been in college, have a greater understanding for 
who some of these players are and who they're not. It's a strong wide receiver draft. It's a strong offensive tackle draft, particularly the first five. Defensive line, there are a ton of them. Cornerback, these are needs for Carolina, three out of the four. So it's a draft that favors Carolina in terms of their needs. They have college coaches who have a better sense of the talent than the other NFL coaches. And we saw it last year. Cliff Kingsbury, he's an average college coach, fired in the Big 12 at Texas Tech, despite having Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. I think he had an under 500 record with Mahomes at Texas Tech. He's paired with a GM that decided to move up into the top 10 in the 2018 draft, take a quarterback, and then a year later, trade that quarterback to take another with the number one pick. That's Steve Keim, one of the worst GMs and one of the worst organizations in the NFL. They still had a good draft because Cliff Kingsbury knows college players. He gets it. Kyler Murray was a good pick. Hakeem Butler's my favorite wide receiver in the draft. They got Allen, the defensive end, out of Boston College, who's really good. A good value pick in the middle rounds. I think Carolina's going to do a good job because Matt Rule and Joe Brady get it. His assistants get it, and they can vouch for these players in ways other NFL coaches can't. And on top of that, Marty Herney is a really good college evaluator. His four top ten picks, you can't do much better than Julius Peppers, Jordan Gross, Luke Keekley, and Cam Newton. You can't. Carolina's last top 10 pick was Christian McCaffrey. They've knocked it out of the park when picking in the top 10. So I believe Carolina's going to do that, and it's not just going to be a first-round thing. I think they're going to do very well with this draft, the same way I thought they've made very good, albeit difficult, good business decisions in the rest of the offseason so far. Mac Brown, North Carolina head football coach, going to join us in 10 minutes. You can tweet the show at SportsUpTry at 336-777. 1-600 is the phone number if you care to chime in that way. Let's go to Mark in Greensboro who wants in on the show. See, we're opening up the phone lines more here than we normally would because, quite frankly, this is a time for us to connect more with the audience, with the community here in the triad. Mark, what do you got for us? Hey, Josh. Um, hope, you get, hope you guys are all staying healthy first off. But, we are. Um, Thank, thanks so much. What do you got? Um, yeah, so... Going back to the the five and five, the number one talking about NC State and uh, their past dealings, you know, with Mark Gottfried and everything like that. I just wanted to share something that happened to me personally. I was a I was a college tennis player years and years ago. I'm an old guy now, um, but this happened in about 2002, 2003. Whenever anybody needed money, you would just go to an assistant coach and you would get, you know, somewhere between two hundred and five hundred dollars, but you you couldn't do it too much, right? Um, but we were college tennis players, so no one gave a rip about what we were doing because we're not a you know we're not on TV. We don't have you know the the type of scholarships that these guys got. We were on partials, and so I just think it's it, it it cracks me up because I've been through that NCA you know situation, and yet people worry about these college basketball players getting money under the table when it happens all the time. I mean, it's happened. Forever. Let me ask and you this to hold you up real quick. Let me ask you this. Have you watched the scheme, the new HBO documentary about the uh, Christian Dawkins dealings, what really started the college basketball investigation? Yeah, I watched it. Um, I thought it was interesting. Um, I thought it was also interesting that they have him under, you know, federal 
investigation when he really wasn't breaking the law. Um, <laughs> well, none of these you know, coaches I, really I, were. Just because you're breaking, and this is kind of the point I hope that you're making here, is that you receiving cash from an assistant tennis coach, it might be a violation. Right. Not might. It is a violation of NCAA rules, just like receiving tattoos in exchange for jerseys like Ohio State did a few years after you were in school. But these aren't uh, these aren't laws. You're not breaking laws. They're not really doing anything wrong. And I think public perception, it hasn't fully changed, but it is changing enough where I think, if I had to guess, Mark, more people are on your side thinking, what's the big deal? While 12, 13 years ago, I think it would have been a totally different conversation. Right. And to me, you know, like for, for me, I don't I don't think I'm not on the, the side of, of any university paying these players. But what I am on the side of is, even going back to my situation, there was a bunch of tennis clubs in the area. If you were a college tennis coach, you could go and teach tennis. And based off of your likeness, if you will, because you were a Division One tennis player in the area, more parents would give you their kids to teach them. And that's just the same way if you went local around here with any of the Carolina or Duke or, or Wake or anybody, um, people can make money off their name. I mean, how much would have... Take, take Zion out of the equation. How much would Cassius Stanley have made last year if he could just go to a, go to a local business and support their business? I'll go. Um, I'll go even just, more local. What if Brandon Childress said, "Hey, I'm going to go to the the uh, Dick Sporting Goods and sign autographs for two hours." Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a silly it's a silly thing, and we really need to be adults about it. The NCAA is not going to lose any money off of that. Um, the only thing you may see is some of the mid-major sports like a UNCG or a, you know, A&T may lose recruits based off of they want to go to a, a higher-level school. But, you know, that's, that's all kind of part of the free market. And if we live in a free market society, we should be allowed to, to do that. These kids aren't indentured servants. I'm right there with be. you. Thank you so much for the call, Mark. It's good to hear from you. You too, bud. Yeah, that's Mark in Greensboro. Okay. We got Mac Brown, who's going to join us in about five minutes. All-encompassing show today. If you want to find our conversation with ECU head football coach Mike Houston, we caught up with him. How would you describe that interview, Robert? We talked to him about Chappelle Show. We talked to him about Sup Dogs, two-time defending national champs in terms of best college bar out there. I'd love to just hear Robert Walsh Sup Dog stories <laughs> for the rest of this show, if possible. Uh, they have one of those in Chapel Hill. I'm not sure if Mac Brown's been there. But I bet he would. It's right there next to top of the hill on Franklin Street. But um, not the same. Not the same. Have you been there? I have been there. I like it. I, the I mean the food. It's the same menu. It's the same drinks. Get the crushes. The same, uh, yeah, obviously you're getting a crush. But it, it's just not the same, man. You don't have an outdoor deck. You don't have the pirate stuff up. I just I just can't deal with it. All right. We'll talk to Mac Brown about more football related things. We'll get his opinion on Tua. Tunga Valoa, Joe Burrow, and heck, maybe even some recruiting stuff as well. Maybe even Matt Rule will get his thoughts on a college coach going to the NFL. Matt Brown's one of our favorites, and he joins us next. We're back on the air. It's the drive. You suck. And yet you keep returning. Sports talk. It's offensive, and people can get hurt. The drive with Josh Graham. It ran. On Sports Hub Triad. To make sure I'm up to speed on the urban vernacular, 
Dot is here, and he has five words. Five words that I have to define as somebody. It's not really a race thing. It's somebody who's just not that familiar with the vernacular thing, right? Like Robert, he knows all of these terms. I did last week. I I, I misjudged myself on Fetty. I should have known what Fetty I did was. well last week. I won. I got three of the five, maybe four of the five correct. I, I don't remember. But that's the game. I need to get at least three right. And much like who wants to be a millionaire, I have lifelines. I can go to Robert. I can go to Aaron. And I could go to you, the audience. So if you want to be somebody to assist me with some of the words BDOT's about to share with us, 336-777-1600. Call in now and Robert will put you on hold as being our lifeline this week for BDOT's Grammar School. Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. In high school, he didn't play sports, but he did wear a helmet. And just when you think it can't get any worse. My English teacher wanted to flunk me in junior high. Damn. Thanks a lot. Next semester, I'll be 35. Josh is going to attempt to learn B-Dot's vernacular. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's time for B-Dot's Grammar School. Welcome back to another episode of B-Dot's Grammar School. Last week, we had five words for you, Josh. Floss, which meant to brag. Donk, a Chevy. Mollywop, to get beat up. Fatty, money. And tee me up, turn me up. This week, we have five new words slash phrases for you, Josh. Are you ready? <sighs> phrases scares me. Do they? Yeah. That Just you saying phrases. Did it? Uh-huh. Again, listen, if you would like to be one of Josh's lifelines, please call 336-777-1600 right now, and Rob will put you on the line. First phrase for you, it's a simple one, Josh. Stay woke. See people saying it all the time. Stay woke, my friends. Hey, stay woke out there. Especially today. Yeah. Stay woke. People say, stay woke. I feel like there are multiple definitions for this. Robert, don't you feel that way? Do, would you like to enact one of your lifelines by asking me this? <laughs> no, no, I do not. Good question, Rob. I'm, I'm just saying. I just tried to ease one in there real quick. No, do you think there's only one definition or multiple? A uh, response for me will require you to cash in one of your lifelines. Be not. He is not a lifeline. I am not a lifeline. I know you're not a lifeline, but... Do you see it as there might be multiple ways to define this? No. System, Josh. All right. Stay woke. It's kind of like when somebody is takes things way too seriously. They're irritated. They're always on edge. They're always mad about something. No. no. They stay woke. No. No. <laughs> No, not it's even like, close. Think for yourself. Like, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't buy into all the outside hype. Like, yeah. uh, analyze on your own. Exactly. I guess the word is analyze. But Whoa, I was about to say analyze. Yeah, I just tried to sound <laughs> way smarter than I actually. Yeah. Am. <laughs> While but, telling like, me. Okay. Well, you just stay woke and don't worry about informed. me. To so stay informed. Yeah. Stay woke. Like, just always be mindful that there's always Big Brother watching. Stay woke. Do you understand? I guess. A lot of tomfoolery out here, Josh. It so is. You can't be bamboozled. Yeah. Fooling stay woke. Let us stray. Yeah. Stay woke. 
All right, second word for you, Josh. What is a stick? S-T-I-C-K. What is a stick? <laughs> I wish he's he's upset right now if you're listening because he was so confident coming into today's game. He's like uh, all I'm the people soaked with fear right now. <laughs> all the people that are woke annoy me. <laughs> I'm tired of those guys. Yeah. Because obviously if you live in the country you know what sticks are. Mm-hmm. If you have a dad who's in law enforcement, there's a different kind of stick you might be talking about. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what we're talking about here. Hmm. <laughs> I, I need to use a lifeline. I can't go down 0-2. Robert, what's a stick? Uh, I think a stick is a gun. I'm going to go with that. Is it a gun? A stick is a gun. Congratulations. Yeah! You get one there. It yeah! is a gun. It's usually referred to a big gun, like AK-47, assault rifles, things of that nature. I a pull stick. up with a stick. <laughs> yeah, pull up with a stick. Exactly. <laughs> Third word. Gas. <laughs> G-A-S. Gas. Now It's pretty low right now. It is. So it's like a dollar thirty-seven a gallon for nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got a buck forty-five last I'm night. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. To go nowhere. To go nowhere. <laughs> just Three. to sit on F. <laughs> Three weeks by the gallon. <laughs> what, Josh, is the slang definition for gas? Well, I played baseball, and if you throw gas, that means you throw it really hard. Uh-huh. But that's not what we're talking about here again. Okay. Is baseball much of an urban sport anymore? Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, it used not. to be. Baseball expensive, man. You got to buy a lot of equipment. <laughs> it, it is yeah, very you expensive. You got to buy a glove and a bat and all of this. Nah, man. You go out there and stand in center field <laughs> and, and play with the flowers. <laughs> all right. I'm not going to use the audience line, 336-777-1600, if you want to help out. So I'm just going to go to Aaron. Aaron, mm. give me some help here. What is gas? Do I, do I give a hint or I just tell you what it is? Yeah, you can tell me what it is. Yeah. He's using the lifeline for you to tell All him. Right. You can let him know. It's the chronic, Josh Graham. It is the chronic. Left-handed cigarettes. Left-handed cigarettes. <laughs> Wacky tobacco. <laughs> and it's different types of gas, like you got your 87, your 89, and your 93. That Sometimes loud? You need some premium. The 93 is the loud. Only the 93 is allowed in my residence. There we go. <laughs> Only 93. So if you say hear somebody, Josh, say, I got some 87 gas. Not coming over. They just got some Reggie. Yeah, if somebody says they got some baby loud, <laughs> that, that is also Reggie. All you right. gotta listen to that. I don't so, have any friends named Reginald. <laughs> None. All right. So I met a guy two. named Reginald once. It was weird. Let's not get sidetracked. <laughs> All right. We did have a Reggie, didn't we? <laughs> You're at our old, uh, the dude that did yeah, uh, he board went, offs. Yeah, he went by Reginald. He was the, uh, he played at some college. He did. God, I don't know why I brought it up. Anyway. All right. Last two. I need to get one right on my own. Absolutely. Your word is ghost ride. <laughs> <laughs> the guys are loving it. Ghost ride. I love this. I feel like I know the answer to this, but I'm scared. (laughs) Should I be scared? No. (laughs) What are are you scared of? Boo. Like, (laughs) ghost ride. This is not Nick Cage. And was he Ghost Rider or Knight Rider? What was that? He He was was Ghost Rider. He was Ghost Rider. He's the Punisher, right? (laughs) No, he was not the Punisher. Thank God. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Ghost ride. Is that hmm? Is that 
when you have... He's about to be so wrong. I'm this. talking about so wrong. <laughs> Listen, Josh is going to need your help. Please call 336-777-1600. Because hey, do you, he's going to miss this word. Do you think the audience really knows no. what ghost ride means? Well, you're going to miss this word, so you're going to need them for the next word. Like, this one, we can already tell you're going down the real yeah, you dark you might as well just go ahead and take an L on this <laughs> Yeah. I want to. I want to know. I really, genuinely want to know what you think it is. Oh yeah. Just is have like, no fear and go for it. Just when you're driving it. and your seat is like, it, it's way back to the point where you can't even see the road. That is an excellent guess. That was a good guess. Yeah, for real. Thank you. That was a good guess. Thank you. It was wrong as hell. <laughs> but it was a good guess. Ghost riding is when you have your car and drive, and you open up the door. And you jump out and get on the hood of the car as it's still moving, and you just start dancing. Who the hell does that? Go ride the wheel. Go ride the wheel. People in urban communities do that, Josh. Are you kidding me? I'm super serious. Sometimes That's you. That's a thing. Sometimes you walk right beside the car and you just dance beside like it. Like, can you uh, teach me how to thing. do this? Yeah. Yeah, but you you got actually right here behind the uh, studio. You got a great street right there that you could ghost ride on. Ghost ride the wheel. You I'll could. even sit in the passenger side and assist ghost ride your See? wheel. There you go. All right. It's Fifth the last and final word. word. Oh, my God. He's got two right. He's got two wrong. Definitely going to need your help on this one. 336-777-1600. If you want to help Josh answer, what is froggy? <laughs> froggy. If, no, if nobody calls in, uh, I can call my mom. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. No, no, no. I think I, think I got this one. Okay, froggy. Cool. Froggy is like... You're turned on, like you're ready to go, right? Like, she was feeling kind of froggy. No. God! That is not what it is at all. You should have thought a little bit. Yeah, you should have. If someone asks you if you're feeling froggy, they're basically asking you if you want to fight. You feeling froggy? Then jump. Yeah. They're they're the aggregator yeah, for yeah, yeah. you. Are you feeling froggy? <laughs> you feeling what are you going to do about it? <laughs> That's a classic one. That is a classic one. Ain't it? Hey, if you're feeling froggy, then jump, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost impossible. Now, here's the test. Usually, first of all, he's already failed today's class. He only got two out of five. But now, for extra credit. And we do have a call. So We do have a call. Gosh, I wish they would have been here earlier so they could have helped Josh. Now, you have to try to put all five words. Froggy, gas, stick, and stay woke. Did I forget one? All in a sentence to tease for the next segment. I think this is almost impossible. Eh? I think he can do it. I, I do, do have you? faith in him. Yeah. the words stay yeah. woke. You you froggy. try to figure out how to gas. It's a great gas into this. <laughs> yeah. Gas stick ghost ride stay woke and froggy. You could you could put gas and stay woke together in the same part. You could be like I'm not smoking gas and I I'm staying woke but. Rob really wants you to get some extra credit. He I, feels I'm trying bad to help him you. out. You are. I'm not going to put all five of these in here. I'm going to put as many as I can. <laughs> all right. All right. Here on the drive, we always stay woke. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I'm not smoking the gas. Yeah. Speak for yourself. I can see it. Years from now. Years from now, when the Matt Rule experience takes hold, there's going to be people ghost riding in the streets. That's what go. I'm saying. The The Panthers, they've gotten what they've wanted this offseason. They got some players. I mean, there's some sticks that they have no. that they're going to come to the season with. What do I mean? You are doing so good. You are doing so good. 
There are going to be Panthers fans with ghost riding their whips with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be so woke. I'm so mad. I'm feeling froggy right now. <laughs> B-Dot, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Josh. Uh, is it possible the Panthers have gotten everything they wanted this offseason? Because I think it is. I'll tell you why next.